Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. I just uh, remind you of what Jesus said was the greatest commandment. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we, we're on a journey to get there. Okay, we're, we're not there yet, but we want to get there. So that, that involves uh, more than just our mouth. It involves more than just our mind. It, it involves our being. So <clears throat> it's, it's part of our heritage in, in the vineyard. When, when the vineyard started uh, 30-some years ago, uh, intimate worship was uh, a big part of what they were all about. And the songs, rather than being about God, were, were generally sung directly to God. And, and that was a big shift for a lot of people in, in their worship. And, and so uh, that's our heritage, and, and that's, that's kind of where, where we're going. We, we're, we're all called as followers of Jesus to minister to the Lord. And, and so we're, we're learning how to do that. We're on a, a journey to, to learn how to do that. Uh, Friday night, uh, Arnie Strayer shared this verse from Psalms uh, <clears throat> that, that was I'd been kind of chewing on earlier in the week. When the foundations are destroyed, what are the righteous to do? And the Lord was already speaking to me about uh, some messages to solidify our foundation. And so this, this, is, uh, this is part one of, of that series. And what I want to look at today is the foundation of our salvation. Because what, <clears throat> what I, I think we see in America... If, if we can agree that the church is in a rather low point of influence in, in our culture right now, uh, not at a high point of esteem in our culture, I think one of the main causes of the situation being where it is is a, a lack of complete understanding of what our salvation means. In the church, I, I think one one thing that evangelicalism has done in in America, it's brought lots of people into God's kingdom through salvation and eternal life. But they've they've been told, okay, <clears throat> now that you've said this prayer, you're not going to hell when you die. You're going to heaven. 
And at some point, Jesus is coming back and he's going to take all of his people out of this bad place in something called the rapture. So basically, all we have to do is just kind of hang on until he gets us out of here. And that is a very defensive mentality and it stems from a, a very limited understanding of what salvation is all about. Uh, you guys who've been here for a while, you, you know that I don't agree with a pre-tribulation rapture anyway, so we, we have deconstructed that, that whole idea to, to a great extent around here, but it's, it's been a while since I, I really taught on, on this subject. Uh, and if, if you're here today and you're, you're not sure that you have salvation, that you have been saved, th this is a great day for you. <laughs> because uh, hopefully by the end of the message today, you'll have a really clear understanding of what Jesus is offering us in salvation and just what an incredible gift this, this is for, for us as, as human beings. So, so I, I want to begin with praying. Uh, Father, thank you that you... Uh, you had this plan to save human beings and to restore us back to fellowship with you. And, and I thank you that it begins when we receive it. It's not something that we have to wait until we die to enjoy. So I, I pray, Father, for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to be upon your people today, I pray you'd give us a deeper understanding and a deeper desire to receive all of your salvation. In, in Jesus' name, amen. So the idea of foundation uh, <clears throat> goes back to 1 Corinthians, it goes back a lot farther than that, but I want to look at 1 Corinthians 3, starting in verse 10, where Paul is talking about building a foundation. And he says, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So, Jesus is our foundation. And our, our foundation in him is secure. It is sure. And we need to understand the greatness of the gift that we've been given uh, when when we talk about salvation. So, if you've been told that salvation is mainly about not going to the bad place when you die, 
we have good news for you today. <laughs> that this this salvation is is for for now. And today I'm going to touch on some some really important doctrines in the church that are are part of the idea of salvation, the concept of salvation. So I'm I'm going to use some churchy words this morning that I normally try to avoid, but I, I will be clearly defining what those words mean so that we can have a better understanding of uh, what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what it means to, to be saved. So for, for most of us, when we think of salvation... Uh, we, we think of the doctrine of justification. And that doctrine involves the forgiveness of our sins and setting us free from being trapped in a cycle or cycles of sin. And we are justified by faith... And even that faith does not originate in us. That faith is, is a gift from God. So he begins the process. And, and I've, I've heard people ask this question before of whether anyone is ever saved apart from that person being prayed for by someone. And I can't tell you that I have any evidence against that idea. And, and I think the Bible encourages us in that area that it's God's desire for us who are his followers for us to uh, gain not so much an understanding, but a, a revelation of his heart for other people and, and to let him put other people on our hearts who he wants to save. And then we respond to that prompting of his Holy Spirit within us by praying for those people to, to be saved. And then that releases God to work in their lives and, and he draws them to himself. And it's, it's a beautiful process. But it involves human beings and it involves God the Father and it involves the Holy Spirit and it involves the work of Jesus that, that was done for us to, to make the way. So <clears throat> justification, this doctrine... Uh, Martin Luther, when he read Romans 1.17, he received a revelation that, that changed his life and ended up, through a, a series of many years and many people, bringing forth a complete reformation of the church. And that verse was... For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed 
a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, quoting the Old Testament, the righteous will live by faith. And, and we, we need a, a right understanding of what faith is as well, because sometimes Americans, with, with all of our Greek influence, we, we have this idea that faith is, is equivalent to believing, and the, the, the two are not equivalent. They are similar, but, but not equivalent. So, believing is one thing, faith is another. But, but anyway, what, where I'm going with this is in, in the Hebrew mindset, there, there was not even a word for what we call mental assent, uh, ag agreeing with a concept. Okay, there, there, there was not even a Hebrew word for that. What, I, what I'm trying to get across is sometimes in, uh, in our overzealous evangelicalism, in, in America, we reduce salvation, we reduce justification to <clears throat> so back to the idea of mental assent and how that is not equivalent to faith. Okay. Sometimes in, in American evangelicalism, you know, I, I spent years as a Baptist, and Baptists are, have a really high value in, in getting people saved. And so you, you can reduce the idea of salvation to agreeing with concepts. And... And, and it, it's not that. Uh, when Jesus said in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life, that's not what he was saying. He, he wasn't saying if you agree with the concept that I was sent by God and I'm making the way for you. The Hebrew way of thinking is you, you have to enter into that way of living. It's, it, it's not about just agreeing with a concept. So, and, and that is faith. Faith is more than just believing a truth. It's it's letting that truth become part of you and, and now you live according to that truth. So that's, that's an important part of this, this whole piece. Because if, if we agree with the concept that Jesus is God, that he came, he died on the cross and shed his blood for our sins, if, 
if we only agree with that concept, it, it really doesn't do anything for us. We know the devil and all the demons believe all that. They, they know it's true. They have no doubt. But we, we have to let that truth come into us and change the way we live our entire life. And, and then we are justified by faith because that is faith. Faith is hearing the truth of God and responding positively to it. That is faith. And we are justified by faith. And another verse that I referenced without saying it is Ephesians 2, verse 8. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and that not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. So that, that kind of is, is the beginning. Okay. Now, a next aspect of salvation is eternal life versus salvation versus entering the kingdom. Uh, all three of those concepts are, are discussed separately in different places in the New Testament. And I, for me to completely unpack this one would, would take a few messages. So I'm just going to give you a, a 50,000 foot level summary of, of what's going on here. There, there is a difference between salvation and eternal life and entering the kingdom. They're, they are not synonymous. They, they communicate different things. Now, Jesus said, and, and this is eternal life, to know the Father and the Son whom he has sent. And see, that, that is part of this salvation, is coming to know God, the Father, and the Son who gave himself for us. And we enter into that now. And truly, and, and I talked about some of this in a message just a few weeks ago when we were looking at what defines our life. Right now on planet Earth in, in Cheyenne, Wyoming, it's, it's not what we possess. It's not what we do. It's not where we live. It's who we know. And it's knowing the Father and the Son that defines our life. And it starts now and it doesn't end. And this is eternal life, Jesus said. Now, <clears throat> salvation, on the other hand, refers more to being born again. But being born again also results in eternal life. But salvation 
is what happens to us now. It, it is the process of us coming out of one kingdom, the kingdom of this world, and moving into another kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And, and this is a process that takes our lifetime. See, the, the opposite of salvation is remaining in the world. So to understand salvation, it is coming out of the world. And God never calls us out of one thing without moving us into something better. So salvation is leaving the world and coming into God's kingdom. And it is a lifetime process. Now, we understand that we are three-part beings. We've, we've covered this. In fact, we, we spent just about a whole year on this idea of having a healthy spirit, a healthy soul, and a healthy body. When we are converted when we are born again, when we're justified, uh, our spirit is made alive and is cleansed to become the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. If we were not forgiven, if our spirit was not cleansed from sin, God could not dwell in our spirit. But because of this justification, because our sins are forgiven and we are set free from sin, and our soul is made alive in Christ, and he now can dwell within our spirit. So, at conversion, we, we are one-third of the way there. The work in, in our spirit is complete, in a sense, at, at that moment. But we, we still have a soul and a body to take care of. Okay? They are not yet completely saved. And I, I have to give you a little bit of information about what the word that is translated save and saved primarily in the New Testament is, is the word sozo or sozo, depending on how you pronounce it. It is also translated heal. It is also translated deliver. And, and that is really great news for us because this, this salvation, this being saved that God made provision for, for us, it encompasses 
the idea of wholeness for the person. It's not just about our spirit being made alive and made to be a perfect dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. It is about our body being physically healed so that we can live a full, fruitful life. And it is about our soul being healed and set free as well. And, and that, see, this, this is such a huge shift in our understanding of salvation. It, it is for our whole being, not just for the inside, not just for the heart, not just for the spirit. It, it's, it's for the mind, because a renewed, healed mind is a really powerful weapon against the forces of darkness. And so Jesus, in his sacrifice for us, shedding his blood on the cross, he, he made complete provision for our healing, our physical healing. He did. Few of us have entered into the fullness of, of what that means for our physical body. But, but we, we are making progress, right? We, we are learning more and more how to appropriate what God has made available for us in, in a real way for us as individuals and ministering that to other people. And, and we, we just need to keep going with this. We, we need to keep going with, with this physical healing. Because, uh, you know, I, I'm blessed because I, I have a heritage in, in this physical healing stuff thanks to my mother. Uh, I got to see Catherine Kuhlman as a kid. What an experience. Wow, I, I got to see other people with huge healing ministries and, and take it all in as, as a kid. And I even got healed at one of those meetings. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a kid. I'm, I don't know, eight, nine years old or something, and jumping on a trampoline during one of the breaks, and it's partially broken, and I, I land on my bottom and I go all the way to the ground and oh man I was in pain I, I don't remember who prayed for me that night but somebody did and it was completely gone and I've never had another issue with it for the rest of my life yeah so you know even are, are, are we willing to, to keep pursuing this, this physical healing stuff, even if some of us who are older die before we get there? 
but our kids get there. I am. Because we, we need another generation to stand on our shoulders to take in everything that we've got and, and keep going. And, and that's what we want and that's what God wants. So we, we all understand this physical healing stuff. Many of us here have been healed. We've ministered healing to others. We, we know we're not quite there, but we know it's real. But then there's the, the healing of the soul business. And, and this is what Judy was, was talking about earlier when she was giving you a little information about theophastic prayer. See, we, we all have been in the world. And, and we, since we're in the world, we've gotten messed on. Because that's what happens in the world. Because it's a mess in the world. And, <clears throat> and that messing on us has messed up our souls. And, and when, when certain things happen to us, we respond in a certain way that has nothing to do with what just happened. But it has a lot to do with stuff that happened probably a very long time ago. And it's really hard for us to overcome that reaction in the now if we never deal with that thing that was way back there somewhere that is programming us to respond in an unhealthy, inappropriate way. And this is much of what healing of the soul is all about. It's, it's many times it, it just involves our repentance to God of something that we don't even remember, but in a ministry setting, he can bring it back to mind. And we can deal with it with him. And then he can heal it. And, and then, and, and I know I, I speak for, for many of us, because we have a really high percentage of people who have been through Encounter Weekends, Freedom Appointments, Theophostic Ministry, and, and have had our souls healed to a, a large degree, you just feel lighter. And you feel different. And you wish it would have happened years ago. And, and this, this is all part of our salvation. Jesus made provision for that stuff to be healed and, and for us to be set free from it so that we can respond in faith to the new things that he brings us. Because many times our heart is there. We, we want to respond in faith to something that God's doing, but we just can't quite get there. 
And, and we don't know what the roadblock is. We, it's not a lack of understanding. There's, there's some wound there, some sin there that was either done or done to us that needs to be healed. And this, this is what we do in Encounter Weekends. Next weekend is Encounter Weekend here, and it's, it's a big deal. A few years ago, we did it four times in a year. Gulp. That was a lot of work. Now we do it twice a year, so you won't have another chance probably until next spring. But next, this coming Friday night at 7, we go from 7 to about 9.30, Saturday, we go from about 9 to 9, right here. And then Sunday afternoon, after the celebration next week, we start about 1 and we go till about 4 or 5. And, and what we do is we, we go through some, some teaching of truth, and we, we pair up... Each new person who's going through Encounter Weekend with someone who's already been through it. And that person who's already been through it, uh, after we do a teaching session, then we, we split up into our pairs. And the person who's sponsoring leads the new person through a, a short ministry time. And we're mainly... The, the, the new person just prays and asks the Lord, confesses to the Lord, and asks the Lord for healing in, in these areas. And then we reconvene, and, and we hit another area, and we split up again, and we keep doing that for two and a half days. <laughs> and... It, it is a huge commitment on the part of the sponsors, and I so appreciate how many of our people have... I mean, some of you have probably brought six different people through this. And I, I love your commitment to seeing other people gain freedom. As it, it truly is serving other people and loving other people and everything's confidential nothing is shared outside of the, the two people and there's healing and wholeness that comes and, and the, the great thing about Encounter Weekends is you know for, for so many people <clears throat> who've been stuck spiritually in, in a, a certain place uh, it, it's like they make 10 years of progress in a weekend. And, and they're, they're completely at a new place, spiritually. And it's so exciting. It's, it's, it's like getting saved all over again. And, and that's what it is. It, it's more salvation being appropriated, just, just like more physical healing. It's exciting when we appropriate more physical healing. So, you know, that, that is 
It's part of salvation, is, is moving toward wholeness. So, a couple more um, churchy words for you. Um, the, uh, the concept of regeneration. Uh, what that refers to as becoming a new person or the reality of what happens in, in the new birth, being born again that Jesus talked about in John chapter 3. That regeneration, it's, it's actually becoming a, a new type of being. You're, you're not the same kind of being that you were after you're born again as, as you were before. Because now you've got this, the spirit of the living God living inside of you and you have all of these spiritual capabilities and capacities that you never had before. And, and regeneration is all God's work. He, he just does it. When we respond in that faith, more than mental assent, remember, when we respond in faith, he regenerates us and we become a new kind of person. And that, that is awesome. And Paul describes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 where he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And what that really means, he, he's a new kind of creature. I think the translators had a little bit of trouble with that terminology. But that's really what it is. You know, we're... You don't become a dog or anything, but you, you become a new kind of creature. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So... <clears throat> This salvation is, is such an incredible, wonderful thing. For, for people to think that it's all about what happens when we die, they're, they're missing so much. What, for, for those who actually have that mindset, imagine all of the possible great stuff that they could have had and experienced in this lifetime and, and they won't be bringing any of it with them into eternity. 
Because as, as I read the New Testament, our position, our standing in eternity is, is going to be determined by how we responded now. And, and how much of this salvation that was offered to us did we actually grab hold of and appropriate? It's, it's going to affect what things look like forever. That's, that's huge. And it's, it's not like it's bad stuff that's available to us now. It's good stuff. It's better now and better later. So... This, this is the kind of salvation that is available to us. And, you know, once we have really begun to make progress in this salvation, we, we develop a testimony And, and we, we, we become witnesses of what God has done. And, and that, that is the way this is supposed to work. We, we experience the salvation of God in, in our bodies, in our spirit, in our soul, and our testimony is what we have seen God do in our own life. And, and we, we are to be witnesses of that. And the more we let God do in our own life, the more we have to tell other people. The, the more we can become a witness of, the more testimony we have of the goodness of God. If, if we just take this, this wrong evangelical view that salvation and eternal life are for after we die, then we become a witness against salvation. We, we become a living witness against salvation because people look at people like that in the church and they say, well, they're no different from me. In fact, I don't even do this and this and this, and I know they do. So why would I even want that? And I, I shudder when, when I say that. Because, I mean, that's scary to me. Can, can someone have this salvation... And, and this eternal life and, and be a living witness 
against it. I, I don't get to make that call. <laughs> but I know that the early church fathers had difficulty with it. That's why we have James saying, faith without works is dead. Faith, faith that doesn't demonstrate it somehow in a life that's changed is not really faith. And that's kind of part of the message that I'm bringing you today. You, you can have mental assent to certain truths without having faith. And it could be that's what James was talking about because the Greek influence was coming in even then to their Hebrew way of thinking. But I don't want to dwell on that. Uh, I, I want us to be true witnesses of what the salvation of God looks like. Because we, we have continued to say yes and move forward in our appropriation of a whole soul and body to match our whole spirit. And as we do that, we have testimony and we become a true witness. And, and it is our responsibility to, to share what we know God has done. And, you know, it's, it's a big difference when you're speaking to someone who has not yet experienced salvation. There's a big difference between sharing your testimony and being a witness versus telling them how their life doesn't match up with the Bible. Romans 1 says they already know that. They already know. <laughs> and so we, we don't have to tell them that. But if we tell them how good God is and what he's done in our life, they can't refute that. They can't. And, and, and people won't. They they receive first-hand testimony. See, we're, we're all taught to receive first-hand testimony and, and believe it as true, unless it's refuted somehow. Even the courts take first-hand testimony. It's what they do all the time. So, Matthew 18, 11 says, The Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. And he made 
complete provision for us to be saved. Our spirit, our body, our soul. So, you know, I, I kind of feel like a salesman a little bit today. <laughs> I, I just want to say, if, if you're here and you've not been through Encounter Weekend, man, do it. <laughs> uh, you got nothing to lose but your junk and your roadblocks. <laughs> and you, you will, I, I, I have no doubt, you, you will experience a, a greater place of salvation by going through it. So, you know, I, I, I leave you with that. And I, I leave us with, uh, you know, part, part of the reason that I really wanted to hit on this today is the harvest is, is happening in Cheyenne right now. There, there is low-hanging fruit available <laughs> to be plucked <laughs> out of the kingdom of this world and, and brought into the kingdom of heaven. And I, I really want everyone here to, to be able to lead someone else into salvation. And, and so... If, if we have a better understanding of what salvation is, we're, we're in a better place to help someone into it. And, and I, I trust, I, I hope, that after today you're all in a better place of being able to explain to someone just how incredibly good God's offer is. I, I mean, what, what a deal this is. I mean, he, he offers to make you a new creature and, and give you the Holy Spirit living inside of you to now guide you and direct you for the rest of your life. He, he offers to heal your body and heal your soul so that you can be a complete new person. And all you have to do is give up the old person. I mean, hello? <laughs> what, what kind of deal is that? So today, you know, I'm offering you that deal. All, all you got to do is give up the life that you have and you know and embrace this God that is offering all of this new life to you. So 
if, if you want to do that today, I, I want to talk to you. And Joy wants to talk to you. And there, there's a few others, because there might be more today. Than, and I don't want anybody to have to wait for this. So let's do this. And let's, let's be ready to help other people into the kingdom. This is the time. Uh, the kingdom of God has come. And Jesus is the king. And he is king over Cheyenne. And, and Cheyenne is going to be saved. So, if, if you need physical healing, we're going to have our prayer team up here. If you need a word of encouragement for your soul, we're going to have our prophetic team over here. And if, if you want to enter into salvation, uh, just, just come right up to the front, and, and we, we want to talk to you. So, Jordan... Do you, do you want to come up and uh, do Jesus, You're Beautiful, maybe? So we can have a little music while, while this is going on. So, Father, I thank you that you've been working on hearts today. Uh, I thank you that you're always at work. I thank you that you only do good work. Uh, and, and you're all about repairing uh, the work of the enemy. And we're all about that. So, Lord, just uh, continue to move on hearts, even now. Continue to call people by name. And, Lord, bring, bring forth your healing, your salvation, your wholeness. In Jesus' name, amen. So go with the blessing of the Lord, and if we have sign-up sheets out there for Encounter Weekend, uh, and uh, if, if you're not coming up for prayer or on the ministry team, just, just pray with us as, as people are, are ministered to. Uh, you, you can be dismissed when, when you need to, but... Uh, been great to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen.